You are now listening to the Perceptive Readers Podcast. Welcome to the Perceptive Readers this week, everyone. I am James Lynch. The topic that I'm going to talk about today will bring up a remembrance of the Doc Rose or Frappuccino answering. You remember that? I did about nine of those as a series, and it focused on just telling you uh, from real life, uh, things that you deal with, anecdotal, so to speak, but also spiritual principles. Uh, what is the principle, even when you're reading something of fact from God's word, the Bible? Well, I want to talk about a subject today. And the reason why I mentioned the Doc Rosa Frappuccino earlier is because uh, there are a couple of principles. One of them I already mentioned, but then I'm going to just make a statement at the end and see if you also agree with all the information that I'm going to share with you now that it is reasonable to actually look at the matter in this way. Okay. So let me just start off by um, talking about Jesus. You know, Jesus, what a fascinating man uh, who came from heaven to what? Help man and womankind out and to also restore everything that has gone wrong because of people not listening to God to actually, you know, put everything back in a perfect working order again, where yes, love will reign supreme because God is love. So with that, think about it. Since he already had a very powerful position, even when he was up in heaven, you see, in order for him to take the assignment that God had given to him, which, oh, he was more than happy to do. Uh, God had already related to him, and we see what he related to him, even through prophecies, that he would be disrespected on a level that is just uh, very few humans, you see, uh, go through it. And yet, see, he had a role to play. Uh, it was part of God's will what he had to play, which remember he offered his life up as a sacrifice. And when he did that, that in effect, you know, did away with all other types of sacrifices that was coming from the animals that were being done according to the Mosaic law and Jewish system of things. Okay. So none of the bull sacrifices, you see, none of the uh bird sacrifices or all the offerings that had to go up, you know, a set amount of tide or things of that nature. Everything went up under, again, what you have, what you want to give, you give freely, you see, without no coercion. It has to come from the heart or God does not want it. That has been stated clearly in the Bible and shown very clearly because God, again, he has everything anyway. Remember, he can make himself anything that he wants, <laughs> you know. Uh, so the point is, this was his opportunity, not his opportunity, our opportunity to show that without being made to do something, what do we still give from the heart? What do we have all of our resources to give from the heart? 
Have you ever heard about that woman that, who was uh, given at the temple and she was given a coin of such a small value? I don't even think it was worth even a penny. You see what I'm saying? And yet when Jesus saw it, he mentioned that that woman had given out of all, had given more out of all the uh, the abundance from the regular people to the, you know, the people who were very wealthy that were dropping in that uh, donation um, pail or donation box or whatever you want to call it, because of the point of where that gift was coming from, from her heart. And it was still even coming from out of her own want, you know. She needed, you know, uh, uh, that coin of very small value. And yet she gave it to God. Now, I share that with you at the same time, because when I give you an example like that, please don't take it then upon yourself to start feeling guilty because of, oh, I didn't give this amount or that or what have you uh, to the spiritual matters. It is just to make you aware of the different things that affect God's heart. See, and that goes along with the next thing that I'm going to share with you about even humility. Uh, what I'm going to share with you about that is that again, when I mentioned the example, which you already heard his name, Jesus, uh, uh please <laughs> don't all of a sudden feel like, oh, uh, you know, I don't do that or I don't uh, do this or whatever. And then all of a sudden uh, take out the course of the day and, <laughs> and walk around like, you know, uh, uh, you're trying to basically, uh, be as humble as you can. And I mean, you know, in a, in a way that's very, uh, just not natural because remember when you have to speak up for things, it doesn't mean that you are not humble. It just means you have to speak up for matters at times. And depending on uh, how much the person is susceptible to what you're saying or not susceptible to it, if it is a matter that you can't even walk away with because it's dealing with the foundation of some type of issue that's just that important, then you know what? You have to assert yourself at times as well. We see that from the scriptures and see, and that's why we're going to go even more into the topic again of humility. See, remember, Jesus had all that power in heaven and yet he emptied himself as Philippians talks about. And when he came down, he suffered things and see, and let's just think about this though. We know that Jesus was around for the creation of everything. So, you know, he knows way more than, you know, we know in this lifetime, ever would know in this lifetime. And it will still take up uh, millions upon billions of years to actually know some of the things that Jesus just know, especially, you know, God, if I could use the figurative illustration of in their pinky, you, you see what I'm saying? So it'll take many years to know the things that they know. And so all the same, you see the way that he talked with persons in uh, authentic, uh, sincere way. And then even the persons who were trying to be hard-headed, you know, like those uh, religious leaders around him, how did he treat them? He even entertained their questions at times, knowing good and well what was in their heart and what they were actually doing with the way they were actually twisting the way that God views things and why God put certain things in place. 
and you see in the way that they had did it. Uh, I gave an example one time before about offering, you see, again, on how persons could dedicate different uh, items. I mean, even homes or land or whatever uh, to God, you know, the same way today. But the whole point is uh, God, uh, the way that the religious leaders would do things at times, they made it such a, you know, showy display of persons, uh, of doing this and doing that. And also there was a promotion of a lot of greed during that time that people became so greedy that it was even, uh, stated one time about a gift of Corbin. A Corbin gift, which means dedicated to God, that a person's own parents could have been in um, great need and the children of their parents, uh, instead of giving, you know, a home of that nature uh, to the mother or father, uh, in their own greed for prestige and things of that nature, uh, you know, other reasons as well, as far as what was developed in the pride of some of the persons, uh, they would end up saying, no, I, you know, uh, the religious leaders would even be like, no, uh, you still got to give me that gift, you see, uh, that house, that land, because you dedicated it to God. And so what Jesus explained to them one time was that, you see, now on one hand, you know what God says about honoring your father and your mother. Okay. Jesus brought that out. You know. <laughs> All right. But then on the other hand, you see, uh, uh, you have something that this mother or father could have benefited from, uh, from a child, you know, son or daughter or what have you. And all of a sudden now you're saying, nope, you, you can't help your mother or father out in that way because it is a gift dedicated to God. And so what Jesus was saying is, see, you're making the word of God invalid because of your own type of man-made structure and rules that you put in place. So it's like now, no, it's more important to give this monetary value to the temple, which had plenty of money coming into it anyway, as you know. And so what Jesus was showing by just that example, when he said that, no, you're making the word of God invalid, it was clear that that was not a good thing. You see what the religious leaders were doing, and yet they were the ones in charge of teaching the people the law. And yet, uh, when it came to certain things, like I said, dealing with monetary value, all of a sudden they put certain uh, loopholes in place, which I always say, you know, love does not look for loopholes, and, and in order to stop the people uh, from doing something that you know God went ahead any problem with, with that type of mercy, you see. And, and that's what Jesus was showing, that the love and the mercy, the honoring of father and mother was really trumping all of that and it was no pun intended i really mean that it was just you know overriding all of that 
as far as, no, you do the loving thing. You do the merciful thing. Love does not look for loopholes. And if you go according to these regulations that the uh, religious leaders had put in at that time, which created a loophole for you not to even do the loving or right thing in order honoring your father or mother. Okay, now keep that in mind. So, Remember, Jesus had a role. You heard me say that. So he knew what he was coming to the earth to do, to bring to light all the works of Satan to people and to bring to light what God's heart is, what his mind is, you see, how he views matters, you see. And so uh, very wonderful uh, reading in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right. So after that, then, of course, he fulfilled his sacrifice. You know, he went through a horrible death and went back up to heaven. And now we have that sacrifice covering. So now we don't have to do any animal sacrifices to cover our sins at all. Uh, Jesus has it covered, does he not? Okay. Keep in mind, Jesus was humble. Jesus had a role and he fulfilled that role that was designated and assigned to him. Now, with that information in mind, you know, uh, there are times, because, you know, I talked about uh, religious leaders, how, you know, the spiritual leaders uh, have to be careful uh, that they do not go beyond, once again, the things that are written in the scriptures that, you know, clearly uh, start going into conscience matters and things of that nature that, you know, you just have to uh, leave those areas alone. And now, but going along with that as well, you see, you see how Jesus had to explain at times to these religious leaders or spiritual leaders that, you know, even though your regulations say this, this is incorrect because according to the God's law, over here. You see, life is sacred. Why? Because God is the source of life. So that's the principle. Life is sacred, you see. Now, are there times, though, that even those or someone in authority is telling you to do something one way, do you have to listen to it every single time and actually go and do it? What did you just learn from that example that I shared with Jesus and the, and the Pharisees? You see, uh, there was a other account in the Bible going in the Hebrew scriptures that dealt with a David, you know, a man who was agreeable to God's heart. And at the same time, uh, he had many trials and tribulations, even from the king of that time in the land. Uh, the king actually was trying to put David to death just out of sheer jealousy. Isn't that something? And David, he uh, had a special, highly high position, you see, even to eat at the king's uh, table and everything. But after he went through a couple of times where the king had made it obvious that uh, every time he got upset, 
He was taking it out on David and even was trying to kill him. Uh, David was, did not report to his spot anymore, his assigned location at the dinner table anymore. And why was that the case? Well, because of, if you read that account in Samuel and everything, uh, in the Bible book of Samuel, you, you would see what was going on there. So here's the question first. Uh, was David being disobedient by no longer going to that assigned position or spot at the table that, you know, was given to him by the king himself? I'm not going to answer that for you, but this is what I am going to share. Because remember, I told you that God is the source of life. So life is sacred. Remember, we take care of life. We protect life. We cherish life. So if you look at David's example or basically what he did in the situation he was experiencing, what does or thoughts come to your mind? Would you not think at times that, you know, you try to be as agreeable as you can, but you don't have to help or go along with somebody trying to take your life. Okay. What did David do? What did David show? And so I want you, perceptive readers, if you just would meditate or read those accounts and see if it's reasonable. Uh, and at the same time, the way that you carry out all your uh, dealings throughout the day, do your best to use thinking ability. Do your best to, once again, protect what you need to protect within the laws and the boundaries of the land. You show respect also uh, to ones in position of authority, not just, you know, um, spiritual leaders, but yes, any type of leader, whether you agree with them or not. And, you know, I got to say again, isn't it wonderful that we do have the freedom of conscience and also the freedom to make public declaration with our mouths of our faith. And remember, our faith involves a lot in that statement. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, should it not be defended? Verbally, that is. Actions of showing support, that is. This was a perceptive reader's podcast. Thank you for being with me this week. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. You have just listened to the Perceptive Readers Podcast. Remember, until next time, if you read something that encourages you to improve or enhance your life for the better, it becomes your reality.